Okay, hello everyone, and today we will be studying the Mishnayot for January 3rd, uh, the concluding Mishnah of the third chapter in Mesachet Brachot, and the first Mishnah of the fourth chapter, right? The previous Mishnah, I spoke about a Balkari, right? That fellow who had a seminal emission and was therefore not allowed to pray or to study Torah until he went to the mikvah. Again, we mentioned already that this institution, this halacha, is no longer uh, followed for various reasons. Uh, the Mishnah continues on that subject and talks about the following scenario, where let's say a male or a female uh, was tamay, was impure. Uh, they were tamay because, let's say, a woman was a nida, or the male had an impurity called zav. What is a zav? The impurity of a zav is someone who has a seminal discharge, but it comes from a irregular, it comes through irregular manner. In other words, it sort of happens by force. Uh, it wasn't something that he was planning on doing. And the Torah sort of looks at this as a disease which causes tumma, which causes impurity. So let's say you have a male who was a zav and ra keri, and he saw keri. So the halach of a zav is that you have to wait seven days until you go to the mikvah. A keri, again, the one that we've, we've been discussing, can go to the mikvah right away. So the question is, does he have to go to the mikvah before he prays? When anyways, when he goes to the mikvah for the keri tumah, he's actually not accomplishing full purification, full tahara. Because right now this person has two reasons why he's tummy. Number one, he's tummy because he's a zav. A zav refers to an extreme form of tumah where he had this irregular discharge and happened numerous times. He has to wait seven days till he goes to the mikvah. And then there's this other tumah that happened to him. Tumah's keri. Now, Tumas Keri is not allowed to pray until he goes to the mikvah. The Zav is allowed to pray before he goes to the mikvah because it's seven days. You're not going to tell somebody you can't pray or engage in Torah study for seven days. So the question is, do you go to the mikvah when anyways you're not accomplishing full purification process? Or do we say uh, that, that no, in this case, Ezra did not institute uh, to go to the mikvah because anyways you're not becoming completely pure. So the Mishnah says, Zav Shurah Keri. A woman that's a nida, which is a higher level of tumah, which she's not allowed to go to the mikvah for seven days, and she was palta shechvas zera. What does that mean, palta shechvas zera? That means that she engaged in intercourse, and naturally uh, the zera, right, the seed of the semen from the ish, from the man, uh, came out of her. So that's also a form of tumah, again, not a, a form of impurity that we practice nowadays. So she had this longer version of tumah, which is nida, and then she had this mini form of tumah, or hamishameshish, sort of backwards. She engaged in intercourse force, and then she became a nida. So the first opinion of the mission says, tzrichen tefillah, the tanakama, the first opinion mentioned is that she does need to go to the mikvah, and he needs to go to the mikvah. Again, just to summarize, a male or female has two sources of tumah. One source of tumah can be taken care of through going to the mikvah, and the other cannot. The question is, do you go to the mikvah when you're not becoming completely pure, uh, but you're still sort of, uh, in other words, so you're not becoming completely pure, so therefore one would think that you don't go to the mikvah. On the other hand, maybe you say that in some ways you're becoming less impure, less tameh. Does that concept exist or not? The first opinion says it does, and if we go to the mikvah, Rabbi says poter. The next opinion in the mission says, Rabbi says you do not go to the mikvah because you're not becoming completely pure. So what's the point? And in this case, Ezra did not institute that a balkari, or again a woman, who also had this situation, Rabbi Huda says they do not go to the mikvah because anyways, you're not accomplishing full purification. Okay, 
That's the end of chapter 3. Chapter 4 is an extremely relevant Mishnah. It talks about the times for when you could pray the three daily prayers. The Mishnah, I'll read it pretty quickly. The Mishnah mentions like this, the morning prayer can be said until Chatzos, can be said until the middle of the day. Rabbi Yudha says, Rabbi Yudha says that the morning prayer can only be said until the fourth hour of the day. So let's say on a perfect day, that would mean at 6 a.m., uh, you count four hours until 10 o'clock. Tfilos mincha. Mincha can be said until Shkia. Rabbi Yudha says, um, then no, for Mincha, you don't have until sunset. You actually have until earlier uh, than sunset. It's a time that he calls Plaga Mincha. What is Plaga Mincha? So Plaga Mincha, uh, the, la- the last part of the day is referred to as Mincha Ketana. That begins from the ninth and a half hour of the day. So again, picture you have 6 a.m. So count nine and a half, sorry, the beginning of the day is 6 a.m., right? So count nine and a half hours. So let's say 3.30. So from 3.30 p.m. until 6 p.m. is called Mincha Ketana. You cut that time in half. So let's say two and a half hours, an hour and 15 minutes. So 4.45, beginning from 4.45, that's the time called Plag HaMincha. It's a half of the second part of the day that's referred to as Mincha Ketana. So Behuda says you have until Plag HaMincha to, to Davin Mincha. And after that is the time for Marav. Tfilos Erev, I'll, I'll summarize in a moment. Tfilos Erev, Einla Keva. Marav has no deadline, which basically means you have the entire night to say Marav. The Tfilah of Musaf can be said the whole day, right? Musaf is said on Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh, and Yom Tov. That has also, again, you have the entire from morning until sunset to say. Rabbi Huda says, At Shavash, so you tell have until the seventh hour of the day. So there's three prayers here Shachris, Mincha, Marav. To review a Shachris, according to the first opinion, can be said until midday. Rabbi Huda says until the fourth hour of the day. Mincha, uh, the ending time is either sunset or this time that's referred to as Plaga Mincha, which as we said is about 4.45. And then you have Marev, no disagreement. Again, there's a disagreement that's not stated clearly in the Mishnah, which is what's the starting time for Marev, right? The Mishnah just sort of said the ending time for all the prayers. The Mishnah didn't really discuss the beginning times uh, for the prayers. Uh, the beginning time for Mincha, everyone agrees, is 30 minutes after midday. So let's say that's 12.30. And for Mariv, it's going to begin when the time for Mincha ends. So if you have until sunset to say Mincha, that means Mariv can be said after sunset. If you have until Plaga Mincha to say Mariv, then you can begin Mariv after Plaga Mincha. I'm sure some of you have heard the concept of early Shabbat, right, where you pray the evening, serv- uh, evening service of Shabbat early. That's all based on this Mishnah. In other words, it could be light outside, daytime. It could be before sunset. You could bring it Shabbat early from which time? Plag HaMincha. Again, this, comes, this, this time comes up a lot in Halakha. Kabbalah Shabbat can be said from the beginning of Plaga Mincha. Why? Because that's the time, according to Behuda, that you could pray Arvit. Now you might ask, what's the Halakha? So in terms of Shacharit, the ruling is really until the fourth hour of the day. That's when one should say Shacharit. How do you calculate the four hours? Obviously, look at a calendar. That's the easiest way. How does the calendar come up with? So there's really two times. One says you count four hours from dawn. One opinion says four hours from sunrise. Obviously a big difference, about a 40-minute difference on some days. Uh, so the accepted practice is that you have four hours from sunrise. But again, the four hours changes every day, meaning I've been talking about it with six o'clock, you know, perfect day. But the way you do it is you sort of divide the day in 12 parts. Let's say you take from sunrise to sunset. You know, during the winter, it could be nine and a half hours of the day. Right? Let's say this morning uh, here... Um, I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. So sunrise was 7.55 a.m. 
and sunset was around 5.30. So you take those hours and you divide it by 12, and then you have your 12 parts of the day. So maybe hours is not the most precise way to define it. Um, so that's sort of the, uh, again, so when it comes to minchamar, the accepted practice is, is uh, to try to keep with one opinion, uh, at least in the course of one day, uh, which means if you want to daven marv after plug and mincha, then you should do mincha before plug. If you want to do marv, you know, if you want to daven mincha until shkia, then you, until sunset, you should do marv after sunset. Okay, that concludes the study of our, the Mishnah for January 3rd. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to study Torah.